The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I so much appreciate you listening to this show. I thought to myself, why on earth do we bother doing this? I mean, it's a beautiful day outside of Southern California. We could be riding our bikes or sailboating or, you know, skipping off work. (laughs) Why on earth would we do this to our mind? And why do I do it? Well, I do it because I care. And I'm suspecting that if you're listening to this show, it's because you care. You're one of those people who wants to make a difference in the world. And when you see crime, like a crime like child pornography, you want to take it on and do something about it. Well, we got our numbers on the show last week, and I was just really blown away. The the show is growing. That's really, really exciting. Outside the U.S., the number one countries are Italy and Spain, then Canada, then China, and then Japan. So that's really, really cool. And, of course, talking about child pornography is a global discussion. Hey, I also want to kind of give you a heads up about next week's show. I'm really excited. Uh, I met this last week with Dr. Skip Lamfrey. He has just come back from Pakistan and over by Syria and Greece, and he actually went into the migration camps there and the refugee camps. And as you know, this show is a global show, although we concentrate heavily on human trafficking, sextortion, child pornography, that kind of thing in the U.S. But Skip was telling me some of the things that he saw in the way of gang trafficking. And as you know, the last two shows have been on gang trafficking. Hey, if you don't know this, uh, you can archive this show, especially if you're a church or a nonprofit. And that is a great way to educate many, many people around the world. We can't do this by ourselves. My name is Opal Singleton. I work with Million Kids. I never say that right, by the way. It sounds like me and kids, but it's Million, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Million Kids, and that is because more than a million kids are trafficked each year around the world. Now, that doesn't even include the kids that are involved in sextortion or child pornography or even uh, online gaming or social media exploitation. So I would encourage you to go to exploitedcrimes.com and look at any back shows that you want to and share it with others. Because if you're looking to get an education in human trafficking, this is the best place to go because there are now something like 13 segments that you can listen to. Put it on your iPod. Uh, we'll get you an app for uh 
Voice America Variety Channel, so that you can listen to these at any time. And hey, in two weeks, I'm going to Alaska, and we're going to be training the Alaska State Troopers up there, and we will be broadcasting from there when we get there. So I'm really excited. We want you to join in with us. Our sh- The call-in number for this show is 866 472 5788 866-472-5788 is call-in number, and we want you to join the dialogue here. Also, we want you to follow us on Me and Kids Facebook, and you will see a lot of these as you, if you get involved with Me and Kids, that Facebook page is run by Susie Carpenter. She's absolutely the best in the nation for keeping you current. There are new cases that appear on there about every three to four hours. And also on millionkids.org's website, all of these shows are archived. Well, enough of that. I want to get deep into the concept of child pornography. This is really heavy on my heart, really heavy, because there are many things that are taking place that are just making this an absolute global epidemic. And I need your help. I, I need your prayers. I need your support. I need you to get involved. Sure, I I like your financial donation, too. You can do that at millionkids.org, but that's not what I'm here for. What I'm here for is to educate the world everywhere we can. So why do we look at this? Well, because child pornography is changing. The world is fast changing, and we must educate our youth first and foremost, our innocent youth that might get caught up in this. We need to talk to kids everywhere about don't let anyone take your photo, and don't take your own photo. There is a technology called photo DNA, and all the emails that go out are scanned for the image of a naked child. Do you know, and that's done, by the way, by our friends at National Center for Missing Exploited Children called NECMAC, and they're just amazing people. John Clark and the group back there are just amazing people. What was interesting is since they've been using this technology to find uh, child pornography on the Internet, they have intercepted 185 million images of naked children. But get this, 35 million of those are naked selfies that our kids send themselves, you know, to their girlfriend, to their boyfriend. We must talk to these kids. Now, I do. I go into schools and I talk to them about, you know, if you have a naked photo out there, you need to know it's not private. In fact, I like to ask the kids, who owns the Internet? And they'll say Bill Gates or Google. (laughs) No, nobody owns the Internet. Well, if nobody owns it, is it private? No, it's not private, they say. Really, then why do you send a naked photo? Think about that. Nobody ever guaranteed you that somebody isn't going to intercept that. So that's part of what's going on here. We want the world to recognize when they see child pornography. It is not an innocent crime. The entire world is now about to be connected. And children all around the world are at risk of being violated through digital exploitation. And I'm going to get deep into that before this is over. One thing I want to make really, really clear, child pornography is not an isolated, excuse me, child pornography is not an isolated crime. In other words, it doesn't ever take place in a vacuum per se, because in order to make child pornography, you need a child. And in order for it to be pornographic, that child must be exploited. That child must be violated. 
Now, I'm going to tell you that I never look at child pornography. I do look at every child pornography case in America every day because I want to understand how to take this on. It is a unique phenomenon that is absolutely exploded with technology. But I never look at child pornography. Now, I am going to tell you that there have been two times by absolute accident I saw it. And that is one of the things that drives me on. Quite frankly, I was in therapy for two, three, four weeks before I could get it out of my soul. And I am not a wuss. Those of you who know me, I live in a very hard world because I am absolutely committed to taking this on and helping others to take it on. But we're not talking about making love to a child here. In child pornography, it is absolutely vile. It is often quite violent, and it is just downright disgusting. You have to be of the lowest human being on earth to be able to do this to an innocent child. So some of it is because our kids are sending out naked photos on there, and some of it really has to do with the fact that that the technology is exploding. Right now, it is estimated that it's a $3 billion business. I think that number is just ridiculously low. I really do. And I am not an extremist. Those of you who know me, I don't believe in melodrama. I believe in working with real facts. Let's don't make this worse than it is. We don't need to make it worse. What we need to do is figure out how to stop it. So I think $3 billion, though, is really, really low because I think that they're not able yet to understand what's taking place in the dark web. Usually child pornography is distributed in two ways. It's either commercial, where there's a profit and they charge for it. And one of the real challenges now, as you've followed me on other shows here, is that oftentimes that's built on on cyber currency. Things like Bitcoin that are absolutely anonymous and not traceable. Sometimes it's just traded back and forth, and that's really sad here. But what will happen is they form these child porn rings, and these predators get in there, and it literally, they start to bond with each other. They blow each other up in their ego, and, hey, I got you ought to see the new one I got today. I'll give you two of these for four of those. And so they build a bond in a ring. When this first started, you know, they were fairly small libraries. But one of the things that's happening now is because of technology, we're starting to see large-scale child porn rings. In fact, recently, well, we've seen quite a few of late that have 500,000 to a million images of violated and exploited children. This is why I want to address that this week. Can you imagine having a million images of anything? And having having to be responsible for catalog finding and storing a million images of a naked and exploited child. Well, it gets worse. As we close today, I'm going to tell you about a case where they found 30 million images of child abuse in a major anti-pedophile operation. This was over in Scotland, but it's a global organization. And they're just now starting to unpack it. Think about the nature of pornography addiction and especially child pornography addiction. I mean, it used to be that if men wanted to look at a pornographic photo, they waited for the photo to come in the mail or they exchanged it privately. But it's different now with technology. Think about the impact on addiction. It is with them all the time. There's no way for them to get away from their addiction. It's now on their iPhone. 
It's taunting them. It's in their back pocket. It's in their shirt pocket. It's laying next to them at work. You say to yourself, you know, you see some of these guys that are picked up with looking at this at work. You're saying to yourself, what are you thinking looking at it at work? But they are so addicted, they can't, they can't stop themselves. Now, not only is it at work, it's at home, it's, uh, you know, on the storage of the of the home computers. It might be laying next to them on the seat of the car when they stop at a streetlight where they can stop and look at it. Maybe they'll just stop and take a peek. And there's never, never enough. They just keep building these absolutely huge images. So I want to look at this as we go into the next section about Where do they get the child and who is the child and why is all of this growing? And more important, what I want to look at is understanding how we can go about stopping this. There's actually an organization called Association of Sites Advocating Child Protection. They estimate that the U.S. has more than 50% of the marketplace. So this is why I'm approaching it from a standpoint of wanting to address this in the U.S. But all of those that are out there listening to us around the globe, these are global sex rings. They build these communities where they find friendship and, and kind of a partnership, and they reinforce the appropriateness of it in their mind. So next section, we're going to get into why this is growing and what we can do about it. So we're coming up against hard break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hi, and welcome back. I appreciate it. Uh, I want to give you that phone number again in case you want to call in. It is 1-866-472-5788. 
The website for Archived is exploitedcrimes.com, and you can follow Me and Kids on Facebook, and that's M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Me and Kids. So we are going into the part about how do all of these rings come together. Many of you probably heard me talk about the dark web. In fact, there is one archive show that I did on the dark web, but for the newcomers, we'll briefly give you an overview. The Internet is a fascinating thing because nobody owns it, and so therefore it's only partially uh, regulated or controlled. If you think of the Internet as a bucket of water, the top one-third is where we live. That's where we have search engines, and uh, literally you have Bing, Chrome, Google, all of those, and they can find each other. Right now there are about 3.5 billion Internet users, and about 42 to 43% of the world is connected by Internet. They're expecting by 2020 that the entire world will be connected. So what happens is about the top 1% to 3% is where we have the search engines. Then you have below that the deep web, that's government agencies and large corporations. And underneath that you have the dark web. And it is this huge abyss that is out there that we're still trying to figure out how to penetrate it. It's not indexed. It's made up of unregistered websites that can only be found if you have a precise Internet address. Often it requires a special code to access it. And it sometimes goes through multiple proxy software, so it's hard to find your way in. You really have to be invited and and like that to be able to get your way into there. There are all kinds of activity that goes on there that's kind of interesting. Uh, There's all kinds of gun traders and sellers that are going on, money launderers, drug dealers, Uh, pornography dealers that we're talking about. ISIS lives there, Mexican drug dealers, Mexican drug cartel, Chinese, Japanese cartels. In fact, hackers, that's where hackers sell their goods. I was reading an article this week that a lot of the data from the Democrat National Committee is on being sold in the dark web right now. I remember the first time it was up there, I didn't know yet about the DNC hack, but they were offering out 185 million names for sale in the dark web, and it included whether you owned a gun whether you were for or against gay rights and whether you were for or against abortion, if you're a registered Republican or a Democrat. And I thought, who the heck's database is that? Well, I'll just give you a sample of that. I'm off topic a little bit, but I want to let you know the dark web is a dark place to be. And this is where child pornographers come together and they find each other and they form these massive rings and they bond together. They have the codes and so they know they are people of like mind and they begin to even segregate into those into specific fetishes uh, in there that uh, on the reading that I have done. So it's totally anonymous and it often runs on an onion domain. So if you should happen to see a dot onion site, that'll give you an idea of what is going on there. So why is this growing, this child pornography thing growing? Well, number one, the availability of material. Now that the world is connected through the dark web and they have a place to meet and exchange information, you know, the more material, the more you're going to advance your fetish. The more you feed your fetish, the more addictive it becomes. 
There's a lot of innocent photos on the internet available to these pedophiles. I saw one this last week just broke my heart. I bet the parents there are really, really fine parents, but what are they thinking? This beautiful looked like a two-year-old boy. They were showing him standing naked bent with his butt out uh, on somewhere, and they thought it was funny. And this is on the internet. I'm saying to myself, those children, those parents need psychological counseling. What on earth? And teens send their naked photo that get intercepted. I'm going to tell you that pedophiles don't see themselves as criminals. I was a spokesperson on MSNBC for the Jared Fogel case. That is the man who lost 200 pounds on the uh, subway program, diet program, and he was picked up for child pornography. He will tell you sitting in prison today for his 12 years that he did nothing wrong, but he did. He had sex with minors. He filmed it and he traded it and he also traded it on child porn rings. Animated photography can enhance the experience. That's one reason why this is growing in there. The development of the dark web means that they can meet together and they can enhance each other's fetishes. They find each other and they bond and they increases the addiction because they're getting approval. Technology is making it so that we can store large amounts of information. As I mentioned in the beginning here, some of these people have 100,000, 500,000, now 30 million images. How much is enough? I mean, how do you even find it when you think about it? But that is growing the problem on there. Part of it is because of new technology, which we're going to talk about in the, in the final parts of this. Live streaming makes the online experience feel as if it's live. And I want to give you an example of that. In fact, I want to take a second and talk about that because we know that we have global followers on here. Here's an article, the headline, I believe, I believe this article, I think Susie Carpenter, who isn't on with us today, but uh, she's still out there working heavily. Uh, I believe this article is on our site. The headline is Internet Providers Urged to Tackle Live Streaming of Child Sex in Philippines. The headline is actually from London, but it talks about poor families in Philippines are pushing their children into performing live sex online for pedophiles around the globe. It's a form of child slavery. They say there's no limits to how cruel and gross this is. They described how children as young as five and six are forced to perform several times a day in front of a webcam often for an hour at a time. Can you imagine the impact that has on a five-year-old child, on their sexual identity? Can you imagine what is that must be like for those child? It's often facilitated there. They're saying that they do this is facilitated by the mothers and fathers. And they're saying the buyers are often in different time zones, so this can often go on around the clock. It sometimes even happens in their home. They transfer the money through cyber currency, and they give instructions on what they want to see. In many cases, the child's abused by someone outside the family, but sometimes the abuse takes place inside the family. Now, I'm going to tell you, as you'll see as I'm going into the next segment, this has just torn at my heart as I began to understand the danger of what is happening to children in third world countries. 
As many of you know, my background is working out of Cambodia, and now they're getting those knockoff phones way out in the outer outskirts of even places like Battenbong. No child will be safe. By 2020, the entire Internet will be connected. And no child will be safe in this. This article goes on to say that the live streaming of child sex has boomed in the Philippines because of the high-level English, good Internet access, and the ability to transfer money through the Filipinos working overseas use this and send their earnings home. There's one other part of this I want to read on this. They're saying that one poverty is one of the biggest drivers as parents are expecting their children to contribute financially. One of the groups of young children rescued in Manila said they were paid about $3 to take part in a show. Do you get my vision of this, folks? Oh, my God, where are we headed? This just knocks me off my keister, honestly. You know, I look at this and I think there are billions of children around the world that for three bucks, somebody down the street or their older brother will allow them to take a photo. This particular writer described how one very young boy was living in a safe house and the guy got a phone call and all of a sudden this kid started, it was a a male and yes, boys are highly, highly violated through pedophilia. This boy that was living there, all of a sudden he started undressing and doing sex acts or, and all of a sudden it hit the guy on the phone. Oh my gosh. He sees me on the phone. He thinks I'm going to give him money. One of the problems in Philippines is the age of consent for sex is only 12 years old. And so one of the challenges to take this on is because of the fact that we need to look at the laws and we need to look at technology that we can go after this. This is one of my real big passions is looking at the technology. So I've come up with some plans that we want to look at here because how can we take this on globally? And I'm saying we, like we, you and me. (laughs) This is a big world and I'm one little girl here. So let's take this on. But before I do, I want to give you some facts and these are going to hit you in the stomach. I'm sorry. But if you're going to help me deal with this, you got to know the truth. I've been for several years now tracking all the child pornography cases in the United States. And quite frankly, it is really, I've just, it's a non-scientific survey based on information provided in the news. So it's going to be biased because if there's somebody that's connected to a school, they'll highlight that versus if they're a plumber. But one of the things that I discovered was based on the photographs, it appears that 85% of the child pornographers in the U.S. are Caucasian males. But get this, of the ones where the employment was identified, 40% of them were connected to a school. They're either school janitors, school teachers, school counselors, sports uh, figures, sports coaches, principals, school superintendents. And you know Jared Fogel? He ran a nonprofit where he went into schools and talked about child abusity. So it can be just about anybody, but it's highly related to people. 40% come from schools. The next categories after that are pediatricians, policemen, and pastors. Now, they can be any age. It's a fascinating thing. That doesn't, you know, they can be from 14 to 75, 80. So there doesn't seem to be an age thing, but there does seem to be 
oftentimes a high level of education. So who are the victims? Well, it's their children, maybe a niece or nephew, a kid in the neighborhood, a foster child it can be, and they love to pick up information off the internet. Parents posting their photos, girls, and they love to play games on the internet. This is why we must talk to our kids, you know, because they get on kick. They get on Insta, play with Instagram. Uh, They'll get on things like Whisper, Omegle, Skype, Facebook. And if you follow us on our archive shows, guys will pretend to be girls. Girls will pretend to be guys. They will get them to send that first photo, and they are tricked. And that is called sextortion. They begin to blackmail the kid to get more photos. So it takes a lot of material to keep these guys happy. Now, I'm going to end this segment with just disgusting news. I'm sorry, but if you're going to help me fight it, you need to know this. 39% of kids that are violated through child pornography are under the age of 5. And literally 19% are under the age of 2. 42% of these images contain violence. I need your help. Stay with me, come back, and we're going to start to talk about new technologies and what's happening and helping us fight this crime. I'll be right back. Thanks. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, thanks for staying with us, especially after that last piece of information. I know that that's a real kick in the gut 
Uh, but it should be because it really tells us how important this is to go after it. In the next two segments, I want to kind of address uh, some technology and some of the challenges with the law and some of the new technology that's coming on. If you want to call in, the phone number is 1-866-472-5788. I've just been told by our producer that we have a call in. Uh, His name is Mark. Mark, are you there? I'm here, yes. All right. Tell us about yourself, Mark. So um, we started a company here recently. I've been listening to your podcast for a while. So we started a company around um, searching and and kind of helping investigators uh, look at child exploitation. So uh, it was interesting. A few weeks ago, I listened to your podcast, and you'd mentioned you were interested in speaking to people in in the space that had developed technology around uh, helping with this. And and so I called you, and we we connected. So it was uh, was great, and that's, uh, that's where we're at today. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you for calling in. Um, I, I realize this is Mark Osborne here, and you're from New Brunswick, Canada, right? Is that right? New Brunswick, Canada, correct, yes. All right. Well, we're connected. Welcome to Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I'm i glad you called in, Mark, because you all are fascinating in what you're doing. And uh, I maybe you would like to just talk a little bit about your company uh, sure. I've just become aware of who you are and the depth of your capability, and I am ever, ever so impressed. So share that with a little bit about your company with our listeners. Perfect. So the uh, the name of the company is Global Intelligence, and like I said, we're, we're brand new, but the underlying technology or the, the main product we're looking at is called ACES, and that's Anti-Child um, Exploitation System. So and and how do you spell that, Mark? How do you spell that? ACES, A-C-E-S. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So the main uh, the goal of this whole thing is, is that our product can go much further than current technology. So currently they look at, you know, hashes. We've talked about that. And I think you've talked about it as well. But we can go much deeper into the dark web or wherever and, and really give uh, law enforcement a historical and real-time view of what's happening. Um, and there will be a central kind of repository where uh, law enforcement can go in and kind of look at, you know, how their case go, goes across the world or, or wherever, it, uh, wherever it touches. And this uh, solution is really built to, to aid law enforcement in identifying that complete case or building that complete case against suspects. So it gives them a, a you know, a fixed uh, timeline of the whole crime, who's involved in it, uh, victims and, uh, and suspects as well, perpetrators. So... Um, so that's kind of the main thing. And we can look at much, you know, many different things, like how that money, we will actually follow the money. How does the money change hands? Who's involved in that? Uh, so we can actually track that piece of it, what the uh-huh. motives are, what, what the MO is, or sexual ritual. So what, what are these people looking at? And not only what they're looking at, but how they're looking at it. So um, you're saying... You're, you're saying that you track it like by fetishes so that you find commonality and you can maybe find subgroups and that kind of thing? Correct. Yeah, wow. so there's a lot of mix, mixing around a lot of that as well. Um, and really, it, you know, then it, the more important piece is the real-time collaboration on leads, tips, and intelligence across the law enforcement agencies because there's so many of them. Um, and they're all, they all have their own little groups that search this, but you can't really fight this in a bubble. Uh, you've kind of... It's kind of one of those things you have to fight as a as a as a group, right, in its entirety. So, uh huh. Wow. 
Wow, that sounds really, really exciting. So what brought you with your interest uh, to combat child pornography? Because, uh, you know, I, I sometimes hate to mention, especially at a dinner party, people start looking at you like, mm, we got a wow. winner here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so, so one of the main your- things, I guess, so Adam Oser, my, my, uh, the co-founder of the company with me, he, he, he's got a background in law enforcement uh, in terms of the technology, police sciences, and, and has done a lot of forensics work um, with me at the, at the company we were at. So uh, not so much around this, but around any fraud and things like that. But we looked at it, and, or he looked at it and thought, hey, I can take this and, and combat uh, the child exploitation. For me personally, um, there's, it really goes back to when I was a kid. Um, I, know I wasn't the victim myself, but... Uh, my, uh, I played hockey as a Canadian, and uh, we had our hockey coach had uh, 16 counts of uh, child molestation uh, with Whoa. teammates, uh, friends of mine, and stuff like that. So it's always been something I've been passionate about in terms of, you know, I always felt the crime, the punishment for the crime was very low, especially in Canada. That gentleman had 16 counts, got three years, and served eight months. Oh, that's disgusting. Right? So, that is yeah, just so disgusting. Just, I, I find that yeah. fascinating because a hockey coach would be similar to being participating in school and uh, yeah. being a sports coach. Yeah. And, and you just see that so often. And by the way, I don't want to vilify any school employee because they're wonderful people. I train them all the time. But it is interesting how these people do put themselves next to children or young people. Uh, whenever. And so we need to be aware of that and start to look around and, and understand and ask questions, but wow, that's, uh, that's really, really crazy. Have you, uh, from a technology standpoint, uh, what I was talking about in the previous section is how all this technology is changing po- a child pornography. What's your perspective? How, how do you see this as it is now and how it will be, let's say, two to five years from now? Yeah. So, you know, that was a number of years ago when that case happened that I'm aware of. So today, you know, People, you know, I hate to say this, but people that are involved in this are getting smarter. Uh, mm-hmm. and they're using technology to hide, uh, to be at arm's length. You know, to, you know, you mentioned the the live streaming, and that is something we can actually catch and recognize and and, mm-hmm. uh, and track those people down. But mm-hmm. that's what's becoming more prevalent. And so these people can sit in Canada and the U.S. and have a child molested for their pleasure uh, halfway across the world, and they're using all these. Uh, secondary methods like these, like the dark web and all this to get to it. So as mm-hmm. a result, they're very hard to track. And now they're in different jurisdictions. So how do you, how do you get that all together in one, one place so you can prosecute? Um, you know, that's, and that's going to get worse. Um, like you mentioned, the whole world's going to be wired up to the internet. Not only that, the smartphone. So you can, I don't need to be in a brothel or in a, in a place like that. I can, I can literally just set up a show from, Anywhere, uh, you know, out in the yeah. woods, and uh, anywhere that's got an internet connection, or you know, even the cell towers are, are are so fast now as well, right? So you can get high speed internet on your phone. Yeah, one of the challenges is going to be the this going global by the law, and also, as you say, the structure of law enforcement, and that is a fascinating thing. One of the um, 
one of the stories that I've looked at here is the playpen case with the FBI mm-hmm. and the challenges they had in, you know, for, for people that have not been aware that what happened is the FBI kind of commandeered, they found a site in the dark web and they commandeered it. When they went in to get their search warrant, they got it through Quantico, Virginia. But of course, the way that they find these is to track uh, all the various people they're connected through by sending malware out for the people that aren't involved in the business. It's a little bit like injecting dye in a vein in your body and then seeing where all the dye goes. And that's kind of what they did. So they ended up with a case out of Oklahoma. And the initial case had a lot of challenges with the law because the warrant was for Virginia. And I thought to myself, well, that's only one. You know, later on, it turns out that they're believing there could be as many as 210 pedophiles in that particular ring. And they're all over the world. World. And I think, well, how do you handle that with that search warrant? Now, they went to court and that was appealed and overthrown. And now the whole law has kind of gone a little bit the other way where they said, OK, FBI, you have carte blanche. And people are saying, wait a minute, what about privacy at some point? Uh, you can't just have carte blanche the world. But then think about that. It isn't just our FBI, our Homeland Security. You have the KGB. You have, you know, Russian Business Network. You have a lot of groups out there. And so how do you ever get, you know, by its very nature with law enforcement, it's vertical. Uh, you know, the sergeant reports to the to the lieutenant and you are over one county or one city except for the federal. And so then how do you ever connect the cases and that's where your technology sounds really exciting to me because if they can get in and log in their their case and have it connected to a case that let's say is in Arizona or New Hampshire because that is how these cases take place because of because this is a case uh, the kind of crime that you don't show up to personally in many cases it has strictly to do with technology then we're going to need all new laws and a whole new legal approach to this. Sure. And one of the things that you mentioned, so the current technologies and how this is done in a lot of cases, it's, uh, it's kind of reactive. So, you know, they kind of find something and then they, then they go back and, and try to figure it out. Our solution will kind of take that a step further and, and do an, have an ongoing kind of search of this, this stuff, track it down, and then present that information to law enforcement uh, and they'll know geographically where all this stuff is occurring, and then they can really just issue the warrants as they see fit in the right jurisdiction. So they're, the product will help um, in that scenario. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, the laws make it a lot easier, um, so they don't really have. They can just, you know, issue their search warrants. But, uh, but you know, the product is built with all of that in mind and chain of custody as well. So Adam thought all that through. If you look at it, what law enforcement require in order to build their case. And make mm-hmm. sure that this stuff is all, you know, issued or collected the correct way, so that you know people aren't getting off on technicalities. Because from what I've read myself, is a lot of times these cases get thrown out due to lack of evidence, and that's a that's a scary thing in and of itself. Right. You know, there's another factor, and you and I have not talked about this, but this is not a uh, unseen crime. In other words, there's a victim that can report mm-hmm. if they're encouraged to report. And oftentimes, this is taking place inside a home. 
And there must be other people at some point in their life that comes in to realize that this guy is spending all hours of the day and night storing this material. I mean, in this one where they had 30 million images, I don't know how the guy had time to eat, you know, <laughs> to store 30 million images and catalog them and find them again and, retra- and train them and trade them back and forth and make sure that one of those images doesn't lead to you being caught takes a certain amount of commitment. And so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, one of the factors here in addition to looking at the law is finding a way for people to report this around the world. I know, uh, and I'm hoping that you'll stay with me in the next segment. I really appreciate you calling in because in the next segment, I want to really address how this is going to look globally and how do we approach this. Uh, as I mentioned to you, I'm, I'm kind of putting together a white paper about the social aspects of how to approach it with a third world kid, a kid in a third world country that's being violated. We're up against a heartbreak. Hey, uh, Mark, can you stay on with me? Okay. Okay, great. Okay, we'll be right back, guys. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hi, and welcome back, and thanks for staying with us. We have a fascinating call in here. This is Mark Osborne. You want to give the name of your company and your website, uh, Mark? Sure. Uh, it's Global Intelligence. Um, currently, it'll be global-intelligence.ca. So that will be the uh, the website. We're uh, actually restructuring the website right now so it, but it should be up um, hoping by next week we should have the redesign up oh okay well they can also also if they want to reach you just contact me through opal at millionkids.org and I will get it up to mark 
Okay. This is a fascinating thing that we're talking about here. Mark, uh, uh, I have never met him. We just talked briefly over the phone because he's been listening. And by the way, listeners, we really, really appreciate you reaching out like this. Uh, there's been several times where we've been contacted and, and like that. And this next week, as you know, we're going to go deep into the global aspects of this. And we encourage the folks that are outside the U.S. to be sure and write in to us at Me and Kids Facebook and let us know who you are and where you're from. Now, we're in the process of developing Me and Kids Global, and it should be up by next week. And we really want to build a global internet community where if you're from Italy or Syria, which I know some of you are from Syria, I've seen your your emails and your uh, write-ins on there. Or Eastern Europe or Cambodia or South America. You could write in and let us know who you are and what you're doing. Because just as I met Mark, there are some amazingly talented people that are committed to taking this on. One of the things that Mark and I uh, talked about when we first started talking is I I am very, very concerned about where this is going. What we're seeing today is just dastardly and despicable. Uh, but it is happening, and it is happening today. And it's happening with today's technology. But there have been some new technologies in the last six months that are really going to put this on steroids. You know, the, the advancement of live streaming is going to change everything. Because up until now, these guys have been happy to take a hard photo or a, or a video, and they just exchange it, and that gives them some traceable evidence if law enforcement can find one of these in the dark web that gives them traceable evidence to go in and extract those photos and use them for evidence. But if you start to go in through live streaming and if you start to charge this on bitcoins that's non-traceable, that's going to change the world. And as Mark just mentioned, once we start with internet in third world countries, the whole world is going to change here. Uh, one of the things that I see, and, and Mark saw immediately, and even though we've never met, it's literally the coming together of a community to combat this, is the fact that literally now, no third world child will be safe. Literally, anywhere in the world, somebody can go up to them and for two bucks, they'll violate them, they will film it. And as I read to you about the Philippines case, there are kids now that are being brought into brothels that are being forced to be violated several hours a day because of the time change, because of the fact that this is going on all around the world. Sometimes they're dealing with Europe, sometimes they're dealing with U.S. And so this has the potential to be a global epidemic. And one of the reasons I wanted to get acquainted with Mark is how do we fight this? How do we fight it with technology and how do we fight it with education and social programs? So, Mark, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of groups out there that are, you've introduced me to a few and you've or mentioned a few of them and I've written them down and, you know, our goal is to kind of reach out to them and, and try to all work together uh, yeah. you know, to, to put those programs together. Uh, and then obviously we could share that through our, our website and, and, our initiatives, but uh, they all seem pretty localized and regional. And, and again, like Adam says this a lot, you can't fight this in a bubble. Uh, you're going right. to have to team up and do it globally, right? So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as we've talked about, as this goes into live streaming and it goes global, 
you have a lot of challenges. You have different attitudes of law enforcement. For instance, the attitude of law enforcement in Cambodia is substantially different than the United States. Uh, you have different laws. For instance, in Philippines, you're uh, allowed to make a decision about sex at 12. Uh, that's certainly different than the United States. You have different attitudes of what is exploitation, what is uh, considered consent. So there are a lot of challenges on here. The other thing is, is this, this is going to become a huge money laundering thing. I mean, one of the things that happens in the dark web is the transfer of, of illegal money in through cyber currency. And I believe this is going to become literally mob-like at times. One of, the, one of the things that occurred to me as I began to take this on, I'm creating a program called EDGE, which is literally uh, eradicating domestic and global exploitation. And the process of that is to educate people all around the world there are many of you that are in churches, and I would ask you to especially archive this particular show, because it's my passion to reach out to missionaries around the world. As I began to think, take this on from a social point of view, from an education point of view, as opposed to just a tackling with legal and technology, I've, I am doing, uh, I am committed to trying to reach as many global missionaries as I can. And it doesn't bother me what denomination. I'm not after a particular denomination. Missionaries are in place and missionaries are already training our kids in third world countries. I work heavily with Rafa House at a spell R-A-P-H-A and Rafa House is in Cambodia, Thailand and Haiti. And in Cambodia alone, they work with over a thousand kids. So what if I can train those missionaries? Because most missionaries are not trained in cyber exploitation. What if I can train those missionaries about cyber exploitation and create a curriculum for them to talk to kids about it in third world countries about don't let anybody take your photo, don't let anybody violate you, and if they do, this is how to report. But again, we need a global reporting system, and that's one of the things Mark and I talked about putting together, and we believe that there's some that could be the backbone that are in place. And if any of you are listening, please call in. But, you know, I believe it's important that we start with what's in place and educate as fast as we can. That's how we've taken this on in Southern California. I, I started understanding human trafficking in Southern California in 2010, so I began to educate teachers, principals, and like that, I've now trained over 60,000 people personally. And so that is what we must do globally. So if you're a church especially, or a synagogue or a ward out there, please contact opal at millionkids.org and let us know you're out there and get this archive show and send it off to your missionaries and introduce me. Do any introduction to your missionaries overseas. And you can do that at opal at millionkids.org. Org, excuse me. You can do opal at meandkids.org. Do an e-introduction to your missionary and let's get them on board. So we have technology that Mark has here that I, I think is amazing. And if anybody that is working with technology out there or thinks they can benefit from it, you can contact me at opal at meandkids.org and I'll make the connection to Mark. I think that that's very, very important. We're coming upon the close of this show. And I know that we have shared with you some really hard stuff. 
And I know that most of you that are listening are are professionals in various kinds of industries. You're either law enforcement or mandated reporters or social workers or people that are in various industries and that you are here because you care about kids. So I'd ask you to get involved. Contact us. Let us know who you are, what you're doing, and let's build this global network. So I want to remind you that next week we are going to go global and we are going to have Dr. Skip Lamford on and he has just returned from all the the migrant camps, the refugee camps out of Syria, out of Pakistan, out of uh, Turkey and out of Greece. And he tells me what is going on over there is just absolutely mind-boggling. That entire gangs are exploiting those people, those refugees. And you talk about somebody who's subject to being exploited for child pornography. They certainly are a vulnerable population with their children to do that. So I'd ask you to share this on uh, on the archive anywhere that you can. Stay with us. We appreciate you following us very much. Let us know who you are. And Mark Osborne, thank you so much for calling in and uh, sharing with us about your company. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.